Welcome to The Rant. I'm your host, Herman James, and today, Gene Bob and I are going to be talking about entrepreneurship. Being your own boss, making your own money, not being responsible or having to answer anyone else is a big thing to me and to a lot of people in the world. They don't want to work for someone else, make someone else money, and try to bow down to someone else's authority and what they think is right or wrong. Being an entrepreneur is something that a lot of people aspire to become and want to be, but are afraid to do it, myself included. The idea that I don't want to have to clock in from nine to five, I don't want to work for someone and have to get my approval to have a day off is something that I dream about being able to do. I have not been able to take that step. I have not been able to be that person in my life. I'm still working towards it and I think I'll be pretty successful in the long run. In the short term, I'm taking small steps to get there. That being said, today we've got Gene Bob with me and He's actually gone and taken those steps. He's actually been able to perform that ability. He is his own boss. He runs his own company, and he's actually been taking steps to grow bigger than what he's doing now. That being said, here's Gene Bob, and let's try to talk about a little bit of what we're doing. How you doing today, Gene? I'm doing all right. So, as of right now, you own your own business. You're kind of the king of the hill Kind of metaphorically and literally, you're at the top of the hill, right? <laughs> I am located at the top of the hill, yeah. So what is it that your company does? Uh, well, I own a commercial cannabis farm in the Humboldt Hills. Now, commercial cannabis, that to me rings both that's awesome because I have seen super troopers, so I think weed's hilarious in every way, but it also rings questions of, how is that legal? Like, have you gone through steps of making it legal? And even if it is legal, aren't you still scared of like the feds coming down in the helicopters? Scared of the feds. That is a term, I suppose. Um, no, not scared of the feds. Um, it's legal in the state of California, abiding by all county and state laws. Um, in the process of obtaining my permit so I have an interim permit uh, much like the rest of the folks in in the county and in the state for that matter and what does that mean interim permit uh, so the when California passed law that cannabis is now no longer illegal in the state or, or recreationally legal can be consumed um, they had a plan but they didn't really have a plan on how to execute that plan so they said well come january 1st you know it's it's recreationally legal and we'll figure it out as we go so over the first six months of the year it was kind of get your application in get get the ball rolling on the process and then Midway through the year, July 1st, it was kind of the hard, the first hard date of, okay, now you should be operating at least with a, an interim or a temporary permit while we finish boiling down the finer points of the industry as a whole because they're, I mean, it was unprecedented in that, you know, it's not like cannabis was, was recreationally legal nationwide and now we're just adapting it to California. I mean, obviously there were states that that took that leap before California, Colorado, Oregon, etc. Um 
but California is the is the home. I mean, this is this is where the majority of of cannabis is produced for the entire country. And so California kind of taking that step was was a really monumental moment in the, in the industry and and for the culture. So it it took a while for specifically Humboldt County, which is a very small county, to to get all their ducks in a row and, and to, to cross their T's and dot their I's and then get all the folks who have already been operating to do the same and come into the light and into the fold and essentially change all of the business channels that they've been working under for you know decades at this point. So it, um, now, it's does been a process, mean that to put you... it lightly. Now, the permit that you have that's in the process of working, does that mean you can both grow, produce, and sell? Or does that limit you in any way? Is there multiple ones? Or is that the one permit you need to do pretty much everything? So there's multiple levels to the permit, and it depends on what county you're in and and what your your business specifically does. So there's you know, type seven, which is for volatile substance extraction. There's a micro business, which includes packaging distribution and, and non-volatile uh, extractions, uh, making your distillates, um, things of that nature. So there, there's different levels. You can be a cultivator versus you could be a distributor versus you could be a retailer, or you can have a special use permit for, you know, a high times event or, or, or whatnot, some competition, what have you. So there's, there's many different levels for the many different types of businesses already within the industry. Okay. So now what got you into this specific industry? Were you already privy to it beforehand? Were you kind of an avid user, maybe a recreational user, or was it something that you saw there was a market to make money and you thought to take advantage of that when you had the opportunity? So cannabis kind of found me. I didn't really go out in search of it. Um, it coincidentally came across my path at a time in my life that I was I had already owned my own business and I was already kind of going through the motions of of day-to-day life um, just trying to you know make the next rent check for for my apartment and then uh, based on happenstance you know the, the opportunity presented itself to me and it was one of those well why not you know why can't I go do this there's it's it was right it was a couple years three years or so before legalization but it was still medicinally you could you could get a a 215 compliant farm so there the industry was already operating and it was kind of in its infancy stage and if you're not at least chasing that next whatever that next thing is in life you know if you do it after it's already popular, after it's already established thing and everybody's jumping in, then you, you could potentially have have missed the entry point for the industry. So I didn't plan to do it. It found me. It was an opportunity that presented itself. And, and I said, you know, why not? So, so I did. Now, is this something that friends or family found to be an auditory weirdness or do your family find it a 
okay thing for you to be in this industry, in this kind of idea, or is there no regard to what you're doing because you're just a businessman at this point? Um, it was, it wasn't something that I necessarily led with. Um, it, it was never anything I thought they would be against. You know, it's not like I, I was like, oh, I wonder what my, my friends and family are thinking. I'm going to be this drug dealer off out in the middle of nowhere. Like it, it never felt that way because if you're, if you're actually, somehow directly connected or maybe one or two steps removed from somebody in the industry you you realize that it's not really what the general perception of the industry is like it's not mob run it, like it, for the most part most folks in the cannabis industry it's mom and pop and they've got their little spot and they were trying to get away from from government regulation and so they, they moved out to the middle of nowhere where they can be in peace and, and grow this plant that made them happy. And they wanted to share it with with everybody. And it's not just Humboldt, I mean, it's, it's, it's Trinity County, it's Mendo. And they settled down, raised families, and then the kids of this initial generation that that moved out to the lost coast uh, took the next step with it they're the ones who, who started the commercial farms and they're the ones who who pushed the envelope and were fighting along with their their parents generation for the the persecution of of cannabis to to end and for the general public to accept it for what it is and not this taboo evil drug that the government says that it is and so once people get the perception in their head that it is just an herb that grows in the ground and makes people happy and brings people together it's once that taboo is removed most people will see that it, it it's it's all about oneness, happiness, etc. So taking the leap into that industry and seeing it firsthand, it it didn't feel scary. Okay. In that you know it it was it was something that I saw and experienced firsthand the healing powers of. I mean, hey, the the, only, the best way to, to truly understand it is to go out and experience it and experience it responsibly. You know, don't go out and, and, and take the biggest edible possible and, and be foolish about something. I mean, wait, you, wait, wait, that that's not OK. I mean, if that's what you're into, I'm not going to tell you not to do it because ultimately you're not going to, to harm yourself physically. But, you know, just go out and try it for yourself and, and experience it in, in small doses and and then you'll see that it's it's ultimately it's harmless and, and can be used as a tool or or as a vice or, or as a form of relaxation or and you can make it whatever it needs to be for you and now there's tons of medical applications for this I mean the ungodly years in college that I spent there, the amount of them I should say, 
you learn that there are more than just recreational cannabis users. There's medical applications. There's everything that kind of goes along with that end. Is that something that you're also reaching into as well or already there? Or are you just predominantly trying to get the recreational users? No, it's not any one specific thing. It's it's an all-encompassing in that one person can take the exact same uh, flower and have a different effect on them or it can mean a different thing to them or they can apply it to their lives in a different method so it's not it's that's the beautiful thing about cannabis is that it can be used recreationally or if you're suffering from ptsd or or have inflammation in a body part or you're recovering from from something and and you want to minimize the amount of uh over-the-counter pain meds or you know opioids or it's it can be used as a a bridge towards health okay so specifically for your industry taking that out of it you yourself you're a a kind of a headhunter a go-getter you've said you've already had your own business prior to starting up the in the cannabis industry what drove you to be an entrepreneur what made you want to be your own boss so ever since i was a little kid i always just said that i just didn't want a boss and i wanted to to run my own company and i didn't necessarily know exactly what that was i just knew i didn't want somebody telling me what to do every single day in my my day-to-day mundane life I wanted that freedom that that I wanted choice in everything that I did because I felt I made for the most part responsible choices in my life and that why I mean it's that whole thing why not okay so making tableside guacamole for your friends was not the aspirations and goals you wanted for your lifetime I mean, guacamole is delicious, so I don't think any of my friends were complaining about the tableside guacamole that I made for them. They probably didn't appreciate the little extra flavor I added to it, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying, when you bring them the guacamole, you're supposed to have a smile. I mean, maybe smile some more when you make the guacamole. Is this my Me Too moment? (laughs) I feel uncomfortable. Is anybody listening? Can you help? Send help. (laughs) Cosby's on the way. (laughs) This part of the podcast is brought to you by the Dollar Condom Club. For $1, they will ship condoms to your house. They are not lubed. They're not ribbed. They're not thin. They are fat, thick ones. Because why waste money when you're only getting two pumps out of the use anyway? Dollar Condom Club. For you and your depressing evening from the bar. So, moving from working for someone to taking the step to move into your own business and be your own boss, were there fears, hiccups, or any animosity towards doing it or anything that you would recommend to just go and do or not do? What I recommend is chase whatever is going to make you happy. Money ultimately isn't going to be what makes you happy. 
enjoying what you do every day with your life for that money or for that 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 welfare for whatever it is that put that allows you to survive i mean you can be a freegan and you can you know grow your own food or you know you there, there so there's no one way to do it right it, it's as long as you are chasing what makes you happy the money will come in that people consumers can feel when the person on the other end of the transaction means what they're saying and lives what they are what they are selling or 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 lives what they're 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 working with you know what i mean like it it comes from an honest place and so if you're working towards you being happy that will then translate into the sale or it'll translate into growing the best flowers on the market in the cannabis industry or it could you know be baking the best cake whatever it is for the person that's making it producing it creating it as long as they're chasing their passions and and chasing their happiness the money and the 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 life and the career will manifest itself okay so now is this something that you wish you would have done earlier in life or did it hit you right at the right time for it or was there something that you know, was a catalyst to put you into becoming your own boss and owning your own business versus working for somebody else? I think the opportunity has to find you in that, A, yes, you do have to put yourself in a position to succeed, but you also can't force it at the same time. Like you have to constantly be ready at any moment in in life to jump on whatever opportunity arises. All right. So when I was coming out of college, we were going through the the housing crisis. And okay, so I looked around in the market and I said, well, I was already interested in real estate and, and got my degree in real estate land development. But in a down market, in a in a in a cataclysmic collapse of the market, there is still opportunity if you if it is something that you are passionate about and if it is something that you you genuinely enjoy then you're gonna find a way to make it work and so i came out of college i i jumped into the 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 distressed property market and i i worked for initially for for other companies real small companies that really gave me the the you know boots on the ground knowledge and the firsthand experience to see how small businesses are run and to see how other entrepreneurs operate and to just immerse myself in that and surround myself with people that I aspired to 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 not be like but to to follow in their footsteps in that entrepreneurial spirit so if you're going to truly be an entrepreneur you can't say you can't predetermine your destiny right you have to just get out there see what's there see what opportunities present themselves to you or might be available in that moment and then seize those opportunities now the people that you were trying to emulate did was that someone that you looked for specifically did they just happen to fall into your lap 
Was it someone that you looked for or was it a book or how, how did those people that you're trying to emulate or that lifestyle you're trying to emulate, how did that get into your life and into your brain? So a lot of it came from networking. A lot of it came from putting myself in a position to get my lucky break in that you know, you'll you'll never bump into an entrepreneur if you're not going to places where entrepreneurs are. So you put yourself into that place in life, be it, you know, there's meetup groups for this, there, there's, there's all, you know, either you can go down to the college, whatever your local college is, there'll be some form of entrepreneur pod or entrepreneur get together group. And if you, it's all about putting yourself in a position to succeed at whatever it is in life. Okay. So you being the entrepreneur you are is having a pseudo passive income, ideally that you can make money and not have to work every waking hour of every day. Is that something that you were able to actually generate and produce for yourself in the numerous companies that you've owned? Are you able to walk away and still own the company and then still make money for you and you not having to spend every day and every minute on your phone, on a tablet, or at the property? So if you want to be your own boss and make your own way in life it's at least at my stage in my career um, in my early 30s it's that's not the time to take that step back that's the time where you're gonna be I mean I don't have I don't clock in at the beginning of the day right like I don't punch the clock at 8 a.m. and say okay now I'm at work and and now it's 5 6 p.m. and it's okay now I'm clocking out it, it's not a job that you go to it's a perspective and a lifestyle that you subscribe to in that you're always on the clock but you're also always doing what it is you want so you don't have a specific schedule you, you you're just getting business done as it comes up so it's not like could i take a step back to answer your question and just walk away from the farm and, and have it make me money like yeah i could probably do a little bit better than even if i just took the hands-off approach and said okay autopilot go operate i mean i i've built a team up that could more than likely effectively get the job done but is that the most effective use of the resources that i have available to me and the answer is obviously no so the goal is to not figure out how do i do less it's how do i get the job done with the tools that i have available to me okay so you're still doing the building you're still gaining up everything you want to do but the idea of starting up, putting money and effort into it right off the bat and automatically generating revenue that you can walk away from is not a realistic idea. Not at this point in where you're at. Well, I think it's a mindset. Like I, I think if you're, if you're truly trying to make it on your own and, and not under somebody else's flag, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not begrudging that. It's just if you 
are it it's a it's a way of life like it's not like i'm choosing to to do this or that it's just i go and i work when the work needs to get done does that make sense okay no that makes perfect sense so ideally you work and work needs to get done there's no time clock for you in terms of your job doesn't stop yeah it just the job is the job and it either gets done or it doesn't okay now that being said would you say this is gonna be more beneficial for you than having to work for someone or less in terms of whatever you find valuable whether that's gonna be the income or it's your free time or the fact that you built something yourself like is this to you intrinsically and externally is this better for you than working for someone it works for me it's it's what I've always wanted to do um, it's it's not easy and it's not hard it's just you just got to go do it there's no you know magic handbook that you can refer to that's going to tell you step by step how to get something done it's just a matter of figuring it out as you go and also setting up systems in or tools to make finishing and completing those jobs more feasible and, and a little bit easier and the the goal is to put other like I said, utilize all the tools that you have in your toolbox, whether that be working capital, employees, uh, machinery, whatever it is, just put everything to work and and try to find ways to get other people and other systems to complete the task and not that you're not working because you're always constantly working if, if, if anything I mean you're you're working more to make sure that the systems are in place to complete whatever task it is you're attempting to complete but the benefit to what you do and the benefit of being your own boss you're not strapped to a desk you're not strapped to that location I mean your farm isn't humble but you're in uh, Sacramento and you can work from the location here or you can decide hey I want to be in LA this weekend and you can still work you can still network and do things yeah. you're not strapped to a desk and I think that for me that is exactly what I would like to be able to do and I think a lot of people would as well because the fact that yeah I'm 9 to 5 I, I have the grind and I am strapped to a desk for the majority of my time for the week but if I can cut that cord and I can travel while I work, I can travel to do work. It's not a forced thing, but it's nice to be able to do that. I think that gives you a better quality of life. It does for me, and it makes life a little bit more enjoyable because I don't have to go to the office every day. You can be somewhere, log in, work remotely, or for doing sales of any sort, you're always on. You can be somewhere and be that salesman. You can always answer that call. You can always network. I think that's nice. And I think with you doing what you do and having your own company, you can travel even though the work doesn't stop. You're not strapped to your farm. I mean, you are and you aren't. You know, like it's you're you're constantly responsible for it. So if something goes wrong, ultimately you're the one holding the tab at the end of the day. So it's 
yeah, I can run off and, and go do whatever it is that I want, but if I'm not covering all of my bases back at home, and, and I still live on the farm, you know, majority of the time, then I'm ultimately the one who's going to 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 pay that price if if the work isn't getting done. You know, right. there's no there's nobody else to pass the buck to. You no. know, it all stops with you. And that makes total sense. This part of the podcast is brought to you by the Dollar Bourbon Club. Cheap bourbon for cheap thrills and cheap girls for cheap guys. Dollar Bourbon Club. Wrap it up. As per my previous podcast on podcast uh, one here, it was about passive incomes and everything that I've looked at and I've said, I didn't enjoy. I don't like the idea of, you know, paying someone to teach me how to get someone to pay me to teach them and so forth. I mean, they call it life coaching, but I consider it life horseshit because you're not doing anything. You're selling someone a hollow promise. But out of the podcast I was listening to, there was a good story about an individual that was a contractor that the job for the day, I think it was like a bathroom build out, was canceled because it was raining. So he went with his coworker or his boss and they went to like a local junkyard or a warehouse and picked up pallets. Now they picked up a bunch of pallets for free and they were able to deliver them right across the street and sold the free pallets they picked up and put in the back of their pickup truck to someone that needed the pallets for their own deliveries that didn't have a service doing it. And the individual that was doing that took that small idea that his coworker was doing that was making him a few dollars here and there on rainy days and turned that into a massive, massive company where now he is actually taking truckloads of pallets from one area to another. And in some cases, he's not even doing that. He is just making the phone calls for company A who has excess pallets and company B who needs them and has a middleman deliver everything and he never does any actual labor. And I think that's where, when it comes to an entrepreneur and passive income, that's where I like it. But that was one of those opportunities that arose because someone led him to that. Now, are those opportunities something that you were able to come across when you were starting out, initially trying to start your own business or even just considering that idea? So, as I mentioned, it's that guy was in the right place at the right time because he put himself there. In a, in a place to where an opportunity could present itself to him, which he could then jump on and capitalize upon. And so a lot of times when even say you're at your, your day job and you're, you're, you're going through the motions and say there's uh, you know an opportunity to, to, to cold call somebody else in your industry. Like for example, for me, Personally, in real estate and, and working specifically in investment real estate, I was constantly on the phone talking to other listing agents. And in that process, you're just two professionals speaking to one another. You're on an, you know, an equal playing field in that there's nobody's higher or lower than the other. You're just two business people speaking with one another. And in that process, you are being exposed to many other potentially business owners in the industry. And it is your responsibility, your duty, even as you are acting as an agent for whatever company it is that employs you, 
it is there's there's nothing wrong with you taking that first step in in making a connection with somebody else in your industry and if you're constantly approaching your day-to-day business life with that mindset of I'm gonna make as many connections as possible as they present themselves to me then you never know when that next opportunity is going to present itself to you and to what it was for me to finally take that step into starting my own business what actually happened was I needed that kick in the pants to just say fuck it I'm gonna go do it I'm, I'm not going to to let all the ifs and worries of the world hold me back I'm just gonna do it but sometimes like you said you just need that little push over the edge and for me that push was getting fired from my company that I was working for and when that happened it was just okay well I don't want to go get another job because I'm tired of working for other people. I've made all of these connections. I'm just going to go do this myself. There's, I, I know enough people. I, I've been exposed. I, I've been out there doing it long enough to where I can just figure it out. And that's why I say, you know, there's no, there's no how-to guide on how to do it. Sometimes you just need you get pushed. And then life gives you lemons, so you, you, you turn them into lemonade, and then you just go out there and work as hard as humanly possible, especially in the beginning, to create something that can snowball and grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger over time, because nobody starts at the top. You know, you gotta reach, you gotta hit the bottom before you can, can, can crawl towards the top. Now, that beginning step, that initial one, I mean, it's kind of a gut punch to get fired and then decide now it's time for me to make my own living and make my own company. That starting point, was there something that you found easier or harder or what did you do at that point that was able to help you move to the next step? Because that first step is guaranteedly the hardest step to make. Yeah, I think it was... I think the reason... I got fired from my job was because not porn. I, <laughs> it was I I kept off I keep the porn to the side while I'm working, you know, but the what what it took was I think the reason why I was fired was because I didn't have the passion inside of me burning to work for this other company my mind was always kind of already wandering to how do I figure this out for myself and so if you're if you're lost for life and 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 your desire to push forward isn't focusing on what it is your employer wants you to do then your performance is typically going to 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 lack and then as a result of that, you can end up getting fired. So it was because my mind was already on how do I start my own business that I let my motivations dip for the company, but then that was the fight. Getting fired was the, the spark that, that lit the fire in my belly for starting my own business. So it almost sounds like your mentality was already at the I want to be my own boss. I want my own business. And how can I make money for myself and not 
have to make money for someone else and get a small percentage of it. So it almost worked out like the firing was not only a blessing for you, but almost as if your way of quitting because you were already at that point of it's time to be you and make all the money for you. Not in a greedy way necessarily, but just because you were working already and making enough money that you're giving up a majority of your income, correct? Yeah, I mean, we were getting a pretty rough shake of the stick. I mean, we were, I was making like 1500, 2000 bucks per real estate transaction that I was completing, which if you're doing, you know, four transactions a month, you know, you make a decent living, but if you're actually getting to keep that two and a half, three percent to yourself, if you're completing four transactions a month, I mean, it's you're sacri- I was sacrificing entirely too much of that commission. And so because I felt that I wasn't getting a fair shake, I my mind just naturally went towards blazing my own trail. Okay. Now, what steps did you take to blaze that trail? Well, I think there's... Like I said, there's no magic handbook. This is how you do it. But there is, there are some tools that you can incorporate into your day-to-day life that I think can help get you going in that direction. Like what? Uh, I almost always have a notepad with me. And if I've transitioned back and forth from having a notepad in my phone to having a physical notepad and a pen and just jotting things down as they come up throughout the course of the day like oh i've got to go you know pick up eggs at the grocery store or it could be something more work derived as like oh send an email to to joe about whatever it is project we're working on but just having that that ongoing list that you and you can create a new one every single day but just like these are the things that I've got to complete throughout the course of the day and and typically how I start my day is I brew myself a cup of coffee and I sip on my coffee and I go for a walk and I just plug into some music in my in my earbuds and I think about and I try to visualize the day that I have in front of me or the week or the project however long that that project is i just immerse myself in my thoughts about that project and i have the notepad and i just jot things down in list form and as i go through the day and i start completing those tasks i'm constantly scratching items out on my list and there's a certain sense of satisfaction every time you get to cross out an item on your list that you just get this a little emotional happy attachment to it and it, and it's very satisfying and then you get in the habit of you, you get this Pavlovian response of every time you you are productive you're satisfied and you scratch this item off your list and then you associate that happy feeling to being productive so then you associate happiness with productivity and then it just snowballs on itself and it grows and it grows and it grows and it's a small simple silly tool that can't necessarily be quantified but has produced so much more and increased my productivity to to levels that i i 
like I said, I cannot quantify. So ideally it's daily goals almost like setting up short term goals. Yeah. Not overshadowing the like the big long term goals, but those short term ones that give you that nice satisfaction that completion of the short term that doesn't lose sight of the overall. Yeah, it's it's just small taking winning small battles all day, every day. And it's constantly taking that next step and that next step and that next step and then eventually you'll get to your destination because you're not worrying about oh i've got to travel a thousand miles you're just worried about that next step okay now my biggest fear and i think a lot of people's biggest fear is not the next step ideally but that first step the first step is the scariest because i don't know what the hell i'm doing i don't know where this is going to lead me and I am afraid of rejection right off the bat. Like that's a big fear for me. I think it's a big fear for everyone. And I am heavily monetarily driven. So I also don't want to surprise pay for things I don't need and pay a lot more for things I can get on a cheaper end. So for you, you were in an industry, you learned the industry, you were heavily educated with college and life experience. And you were able to take that first step that went into the next step that kind of helped catapult you. But what was it that got you over that fear? And was there anything that you can recommend to people to actually get over that fear for themselves? Yeah, so the best thing you can do is come up with an idea. As cra- make it as crazy or as simple as you want it to be and just go do it and fail at it and fail miserably at it and just in no way complete your goal whatsoever and then look back and be like okay that wasn't so bad and you get to the point where you realize that a nobody cares about your failure failures and b they don't necessarily hurt that bad it just means you got to figure something else out so The more you can desensitize yourself to failure, the less scary failure becomes in your mind. Okay. And I think for me, I think the majority of it comes from, I assume that my failures are going to be perceived socially and everyone's going to see my failures, point and laugh, and then remember them. And that is something that, right off the bat is off-putting. I don't want that to be out there. I want to be perceived as the best at what I do, the king of the hill, you know, king dick right off the bat. And that is what I think the perception is for majority of people. They don't want that failure to be part of the repertoire. But I think failure is an inevitability and a necessity because without failure, there would be no success. And you have been able to do both and how would you kind of interpret that so my I I think the perception you're referring to comes from or is at least enhanced by how much people care about their social media persona or, or how their image is being projected amongst their peers when I tend to look at it as 
not everybody, but society as a whole is pretty self-centered in that all they're caring about is how many likes they're getting on their page and, and everybody's giving a shit about how they're ranking relative to others when in that process they're not necessarily seeing other people's failures they're only seeing the positive things that people are experiencing in life and then posting on their instagram their facebook or their the supposed positivities because people aren't putting their failures on the internet exactly exactly it's it's the per, it's the perception of happiness on social media that you're not seeing all of the like you said the the people face planting in the sand you're not seeing that side of it but i i promise you every single successful person that you know has had 10 failures for every success but you're only seeing the success yeah i mean you've got people out there that are going to fail and succeed but the media social media i should say excuse me that you're going to see is going to be the positivity of it i mean you're going to see a car crash or a breakup and those are people's emotional outcries for support but you don't see the failed businesses people that know my family don't know that my mother had a failed traveling company you don't hear that she's never talked about that it's a shame point for her i will tell you every day of the week that i got fired from job x y or z but i'll tell you why did it i it, it's not a failure to me and it doesn't hurt my pride to say it because i've done things for me that were the right moves to do i've done things that have made me who i am today when without said failures in the past I wouldn't be the guy I am today and I think that's what people forget to understand you have to fail to succeed and to learn and you can't be afraid to stub a toe or break an arm and realize that you have to be out there and do things but I think another one is the money idea for it not everything has to be the highest most expensive top dollar idea you're gonna do you can start something in your basement in your office at home you can start small and grow bigger on that one and learn. I think the biggest thing that I've learned from being where I am in the world and who I am in this world is networking. And I don't mean social networking on social media with the Instagrams and Snapchats and again, MySpace. Why? Because I fucking love MySpace. Tom is still my friend. I'm going to meet Tom one of these days, I swear. But um, Tom's a rich man. You can't argue with that. He sold that company for buku bucks. Then it sold, what, three years later for nothing compared to what it sold to originally? America. America. Making it great again. So great. F fucking Trump. But uh, get out there. Yeah, go fail. But do it in person. Meet people. Shake hands. Yeah. Kiss babies. Just don't shake the babies. That's a bad thing. <laughs> Just... Get out from behind social media. Get out from behind your cell phone, your keyboard, and don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to succeed either. And know that with every step forward you're going to take, you're going to probably take three or four steps backward. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. And sometimes it's going to be embarrassing. Yeah, but you'll learn. I think that's the best idea is that learning curve. People don't understand that, that it's out there. No one's the best at everything. I know Kung Fu now. Because I've seen The Matrix and I watch YouTube. <laughs> it's a YouTube video for everything, right? Goddamn everything. And if you can't wa find it on YouTube, watch YouPorn. It'll teach you. <laughs> you just keep harping back to the porn, huh? Ah, I love porn. It's a good thing. Uh, now, if we're not in America where you can watch porn on regular TV, it'd be great. But apparently, sucking dick in public is offensive. 
Not that I do it. I'm just saying that when it happens, it's it's apparently a fact. Have you ever failed at sucking a dick? Yeah, I haven't done it yet. Um, I don't, not, not, not I don't want to. I just haven't done it in general. So there's still time is what you're saying. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so if there were a tip or two... God damn it, back on the dick. Back on the right. dicks. <laughs> if there was advice you could give to an individual who is either unhappy at what they're doing now or considering to be an entrepreneur, start their own business, besides just saying go and do it because unlike Nike, that's a hard idea to just come up with sure. in your mind. What would you say would be beneficial? The the best thing or, or uh, another tool that I, I like to recommend people is to find your happy place and once you're in that happy place explore that happy place for example when I'm skiing down the side of a mountain I'm not necessarily thinking about anything else besides what it is I'm doing in that moment and then I'm pulling that happiness and then I'm not saying this just because I'm in the cannabis industry but smoke some weed and allow the weed to take your mind to places that you wouldn't necessarily think about when sober or unaltered and combine that happiness and the effects of cannabis and plug into some music and think about what it is in life financial rewards aside that is going to make and keep you happy and every single individual's definition of happiness is going to be different so don't worry about how many likes you're going to get for this post on Facebook think about what it is truly in your life is going to make you a happier person and then use the 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 weed as a tool to unlock those pieces of your brain that and and unlock that creativity inside of you and just take time to think while in your happy place and when you're surrounding yourself with that happiness you're putting yourself in a position to have that opportunity present itself to you so go be happy Use weed, alcohol, whatever it is that that allows you to relax to then remove those social stigmas and the the judgment from, from the outside to find inspiration in your favorite or from your favorite band, musician, whatever, and just mix that all up in a pot and, and think look inward. Because if you're chasing your happiness then the financial side will come from it eventually being an entrepreneur i think we all want to be that person i think we all should aspire to be that person if you really want to be that person and i think it's attainable it's not easily attainable for most of us and it's not something that you can do without hard work and effort the idea of the 80-20 kicks in, where you're doing a lot of work right now to make sure that 
you're not doing as much work in the coming future. Now, everything you're going to listen to or look at or read is going to be the same bullshit of buy my book, buy my podcast, listen to this seminar, come and pay me and figure this out. You don't need to do that. If you're tired of what you're doing now, if you are not liking what you're doing now, or you're daydreaming about doing something different, do it. Put some research into it. Figure it out. Find out what you want to do and how you want to do it. Trust me, you're not the first person to think of doing this. Now, maybe you have a niche market or a niche product that no one's thought of, but someone's thought of developing things or starting things before you've done it, and they've put it out there. It's on a podcast. It's on a audiobook. It's on YouTube. Fucking everything's on YouTube. Tune in. Check it out. Learn exactly how to produce what you want to produce. But stop fucking paying people for their stupid fucking ideas of pay me to get people to pay you. That's not how you should be doing this. That won't make you happy. Just to be in sales to sell yourself to the fucking devil, just to get people to pay you for not actually teaching them anything, not actually having a tangible life quality, not going to make them better or you better. Go out there. Be okay to fail. Try it. What's the worst that can happen? You paid very minimal dollars, you put little effort into doing something, and you failed. Great. You weren't great when you tried to ride a bicycle the first time, you didn't know how to speak very well the first time you've done it, and you've still conquered that, most of you. So why not go out there and do it? Why not go out and try to start your own company, start your own podcast, start your own YouTube channel, start your own sales career, do something you want to do, be who you want to be, and try to be who you can be. Don't let other people, other entities, social media, or fuck it, your family. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do anything. Figure out what you want to do, figure out who you want to be, and be that person. You're going to fall. You're going to fail. You're just going to get back up, pour tequila on that wound, and figure it out. Because if you didn't fail, you didn't succeed. There are very few people in this world that have succeeded without failures. Most people have a thousand or more failures. Think of WD-40. You know what that means? Water Displacement Formula 40. That means there were 39 other formulas that did not work until that 40th one came along. But you don't hear about that. You don't have WD-37 because it's good for the dick. No, you have WD-40 because it's the one that worked. You don't hear about the failures. Don't be afraid to fail because without failure, there's no education, there's no success, and there's no reward. You want the car, you want the girl, you want the life, you want the vacation? Do it. Try it. Or sit back in your house, bitch and piss and moan and cry into your goddamn glass of whiskey that I could have been this guy. I could have done this. I had four touchdowns, one game, pull Kai. Yeah, that's Al Bundy. But you didn't fucking do it. You didn't try. So all you are is a never have been. You weren't a was been or could been. Do it. Step up. Jump on your big girl boots, your big boy boots, figure it out. Get out there. Learn. It's not going to be easy, and honestly, it's probably not going to be fun. But what is fun? Do you enjoy commuting to work an hour, hour and a half each way, sitting at a desk for eight, nine hours, listening to Sheila in the corner talk about her kids' hemorrhoids because they can't shit too well because they eat too much cheese? Or would you rather work from home? Do what you want to do. Travel for fun. Travel for work and be happy with your life. What is it that you want out of life? Do you want money? Do you want a happier life? 
Do you want to be a billionaire or do you want to be that billionaire lifestyle where they have that free ability to move around the world and say, hey, I want to travel this week. Honey, you want to go on a cruise and pay for a cruise? Find out what it is you really want. And the majority of the time you're going to find out it's not the money you want. Money is going to come and go. The lifestyle is what you want. You want that free living lifestyle and the ability to make the choices for yourself and not be told what you have to do, what you should do. No one should be telling you that. Don't be a slave to a desk and don't be a slave to work. Be a slave to your own self and who you want to be in this world. Because honestly, if it can't be true to you, then who the fuck cares? And those people that are going to hate on you, you know why they're doing that? Because they're jealous of you. You're doing something that they want to do. You're who they want to be. And they didn't have the fucking balls to do it themselves. So be that person. Be the person that everyone loves to hate. Because you know what? When you're on your cruise in the Bahamas and they're strapped to that desk, shoot them a text. Shoot them that chick text that you get on Instagram with their hairy ass legs next to a pool. And be like, hey, my life sucks. How's that desk working out? Well, that's all the time I've got for this episode today. Thank you to Gene Bob for coming out and participating and giving us all an insight into his world and the businesses that he has created and how he's gotten that way so far. Tune into iTunes, check us out on YouTube as well as Stitcher, Spotify. Hit me up on Instagram or shoot me an email at the rant with Herman James at gmail.com. This part of the podcast is brought to you by the Dollar Colony.